It's Saturday, and I'm Kramer. Saturday's Kramer here on the Bet 1660, and I have a special guest, and it's a treat for myself and for all of you because, I mean, I, I'll, I'll classify it. So it's my father figure of the radio scene, Jay Binkley, is in studio with me this morning. Yes, I dragged him out of bed to come I here. I that was a color loop. Caller, caller Luke. You're my father. That's true. That is very true. Yeah, caller Luke. Yeah, if you're if you're listening out here, Scott Kramer. Shout out to you. But Bink, how's it going, man? What's up, Kramer Dog? Been a minute. Oh yeah, you've uh, you've been talking a lot of football lately. So I'm, I'm prying football, you. Kramer. I'm, I'm prying you away from football. I'll give you at least five minutes today. At least five minutes on football talk. Well, why don't you peel back the curtain for a little bit? You're like, hey, Bink, give me uh, topics today, and I fill it out like four football topics. <laughs> That's and very you're like, true. hey, Bink, I do, I do a baseball show, and I'm like, oh crap, I forget. No, you're all good, but I, I'm at least designating five minutes of my show to uh, to football talk for you because it's all baseball today. How about the whole thing? Just making a special a, a, Kramer talks football show. A Kramer talks football. You know what? That can be in the works. Maybe from maybe from eleven to no wait, I'm off at ten. To, ten to eleven. Let's do a ten to eleven football show at some point on here. <laughs> I would love that. But no, Royals fell again last night. Twelve to ten last night was the final score. They were down nine to two. Mount a comeback. And then find a way to lose again. I mean, they're they're not just losing; they're finding spectacular ways to lose. And as I sent you last night, according to uh, to uh, the stats, check this out from OPTA stats. This is embarrassing. Bobby Wood Jr. It's not for Bobby Wood Jr. <laughs> it's very embarrassing. First MLB player. Keep in mind, this baseball has been going on for a while, right? Yeah, like a long, the, long the mid, time. The mid-1800s, yeah. And there's a lot of games, too. 162 a year, right? Bobby Wood Jr. is the only MLB player to. You would think other players would have done this. They have, but not lost. He notched four hits, hit two home runs, drive in five runs, steal a base, and yet lose the game. That's the caveat. Lose the game. MLB players had been a combined 47-0 and when doing all that that I just mentioned in a game before that RBI became an official stat in 1920, so back since 1920, so we're still looking at you know 100 years. Uh, this, you know, last that's unreal. Night, you know, last night's game was going to be bad when a former St. Louis Cardinal, Lane Thomas, leads off the game with a home run, and the fact that they're playing the Washington Nationals who came in on the game 21 and 29. This is the games that the Royals are supposed to win, Bink. This is the games that we were accustomed to. Circling prior before the season started, saying, "All right, if they're playing the Washington Nationals here on um, Memorial Day weekend." Which, by the way, shout out to all the people who served uh, our country and everything to help do what we do today to talk on the air. That's shout right. That's that all way. Memorial Day is about. Is about those that lost their lives. Amen to that. And uh, but this is the game that we circled prior. Be like, all right, they're playing the Washington Nationals. This should be the game that they should win the series. Kind of like how we saw when the Oakland Athletics came to town. This is that. That was the time they're like, hey, we should win that series. Granted, they didn't win that series. They're already on the, the track right now of not winning and this series. And Oakland still can't win. And they still they only have ten wins. Hey, did you know? Okay, but two over the Royals. So uh, um, uh, one of my uh, Ryan, uh, our, our sales guy here at Odyssey, he texts me this morning on the way, and he's like, dude, I can't bet on the Oakland Athletics money line anymore. Like, like can't bet against the Oakland Athletics on any sports book anymore. So they're taking them off sports books right now because they People don't are want. People loading up the good uh, exactly. Lose. They only have ten wins, ten wins on the season. But this is the games that the Royals should have been winning this entire time. And the fact that Bobby Wood Jr. has to go in night in, night out, hopefully, I mean, hopefully when it comes to this, have him do something spectacular like what he did last night, and then they end up losing, it's not a good luck for the Kansas City Royals here. No, it's not. And I was expecting, I mean, it depends on what you're expecting. Were people really expecting them to be good this year? No. At least 500. I, I don't think so. But but compete, yes. This team was supposed to compete because all we heard last year is that the Royals, they needed to uh, – 
you know, have their voice be heard. And they had some of those veteran presidents like Ben Attendee and Merrifield and stuff like that. And they commanded the clubhouse. I mean, mm-hmm. you heard many people talk about that. It could be a good or bad thing, but, I mean, that's the way things go. Right. Baseball got its culture, man. People want to get away from the unwritten rules and the bat flips and stuff like that. And they have, you know, gravitated towards changing those rules. But it's still so – and it's like any, any professional locker room. It doesn't matter if it's NHL, NBA, NFL, whatever. Those guys that have been there and done that command that locker room. Right. And they're gone. So now it's the young voices. It's the Vinny. It's the Bobby. So who's the guy that right MJ. now that's like, you know what, this is our locker room leader? Like well, I don't I I can't like pinpoint anybody on this team right now. Vinny? I mean, I'd be the closest one. Vinny, Bobby, he, the thing with Bobby is is he took them a home's path to he didn't do endorsements last year. Like you remember the Royals, they had some like was I don't know if it was Daniel Lynch or not, but it was somebody of that ilk was doing a commercial for like a car dealership. I don't know if it was Daniel or not, but it was one of it was one of those pitchers. Or maybe it was Boobich. I don't know. I remember it was somebody did. No Bobby. And I remember bringing it up saying, well, why didn't Bobby doing commercials? Then, you know, you look into it and he took the Mahomes path, you know, s- you know, establish yourself, then do the advertisements. Which is smart. That's, like how, the money, that's how the money comes quickly. Which is good. And, okay, so they're going to take off. The, the training wheels need to come off. Because, as I told Vern last year when we talked, he was like, all this is great, like seeing what Bobby's doing, because Bobby, Bobby's fun to watch. And I know he, he's struggling a little bit at the play, but he's still fun to watch. Like Bobby Wood Jr. is a fun player to watch. And but it's got to be more than just watching players that are fun. Like Vinny hitting the home run, MJ hitting the you gotta win, man. And I mean I, I get line, it. you have to win. And with Vinny, I mean it's great seeing him get on base and you look at the Hall of Fame stadium, uh, on the Hall of Fame stadium, the Hall of Fame building and, and see the Sasquatch just walking up on top. I mean, people People thrive to go to the ballpark for that. That's like that is now the uh, going out on Tuesday nights to get the the hot dogs. Like going out on a Friday to watch the fireworks. You want to go to the game every single night to hopefully Vinny gets on base, so you can see that Sasquatch roam the top of the Hall of Fame stadium. And if that's the only thing that's bringing you to the K, I mean that's good. At least the K's brought you out to something. But I took my mom out to the game earlier this month. And she actually got to see Bob Witt Jr. for the very first time. Like, very first time, like, seeing, like, visualizing seeing him because she at no point in time wanted to, I guess, look him up to see what he actually looked like. But, hey, that's on her. But that first game that she saw him play, the, like, it's the first at-bat, the full count, he goes yard. And she's like, okay, yeah, no, I see what you're, I see what you're saying in this kid. Like, he's a, he's a stud. He's a, he's a good baseball player. And it's like, okay, go out to the K and see that because there's one player you're not going to see out the K – probably ever wearing a Royals uniform in the Royals this week, DFA'd Hunter Dozier, and it seems like they're pulling the stain, even more of the stains that, I mean, granted, it's, there's the stains of the players on the field of the Dayton Moore regime. Uh, one's finally gone again. You know, and when Dozier left, there was this, you know, sigh of relief from the fan base. I, it's just kind of a disappointment when you think about it, like it never materialized because he had a good year, gets that contract, and just never materialized. And... And I know that he was the first selection of first round the same year they got Manaya, but yep. we all know it was Manaya. If it wasn't for injuries and signability issue, he would have been uh, the first pick selected. But the Royals, they've got to start hitting, but they've also got to worry about not becoming the Angels. And what I say by this is... I know what you mean. But but, but they're not there yet. They don't have anybody to that, that ilk. But like Trout and Otani, unbelievable players. These guys are winning MVP, what, four MVPs between them. Yep. But they're a circus sideshow. I call them Barnum and Bailey because, hey, come see the great Otani and Trout. 
but they never win. Like Trout's never won a playoff game. I mean, you don't want to have players that are good because you need a team, man. So we can talk about all the great individual performances. That's fine, but you got to put a team around him, man. You got to have a team. If not, you're just sell some tickets. People buy some hats and T-shirts, have some fun bobblehead nights, and, and move on. The Royals have got to be careful not to become that team. Well, and uh, you're you're right. They are kind of like how I was just ex- explaining with the the uh, the Sasquatch roaming the outfield. Pasquatch, like, like the Pasquatch. Which, by the way, they need to clothe him because it's just he's no, we don't, no, no. Put, he, put, put a Vinny Pasquantino jersey on him. That thing's funny. It thinks funny. It'd be great. And like if they were if they had some W's to go along with it, like that'd be it'd be awesome. There's, there, yeah, there's like I, I love the Pasquatch. Oh. He even got a Pasquatch uh, chain. Yeah, no, I saw that thing. It was sweet. The the Pasquatch is cool. I saw him with Chris Rose. He was doing like this podcast. Vinny was, but the Pasquatch is fun. It's good. It's a fun team. They put the old helmet on, you know, when somebody hits a home run. Which, by the way, they could do a lot more like than this. that helmet. But, but my point is, they got to start winning, man. Because, you know, I, you know, growing up in this town, you know. Like you did, Kramer. I'm saying, Joe, like, you know, growing up here, I was alive. I went to the 1980 World Series. I was a kid. I went with my mom. 1985, you go. But then there's that gap. And when I jumped in the radio, it was bringing on the Buddy Biancolanos, you know, getting guys that played on that team, Uh the 85 team, because that's what we celebrated. And I remember in New York, when Vern and I were there, it was 15, it was before a game and Hosmer's talking. And I said, do you ever think about, like, your guys' legacy with you and Moose and Prez and all these guys that you're going to be the ones people want to talk to? Like, you're going to be the the one, like, the 85 team, we grab them, you know, and talk to them and, you know, hey, tell us all about what, what's winning. Do you, do you guys ever think of that and put it in perspective what you were? And they went one of the levels, just like the Royals minor leaguers, they won in A-ball. They won in double-A. They won in triple-A. Those Royals with, with, with Hosmer in that group, they won in Northwest Arkansas in double A. They won in the Pacific Coast League at that time. They're cut o- from the winning with each in other. In Omaha. They, 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 they won, and they learned how to win. And, and then 2010, 11, I felt like there was training wheels, which playing in KC was a good thing. Because I remember when Gilmash came here and stuff. There's, there's, no, there's no attention. <laughs> that's there's no attention. Yep, that's name right there's there. no media attention. There's a few people. It, that, that's it. They cover the team. And they didn't do it. But I always felt like the training wheels were on. Like, you come up here and you could fail and everything was fine because people just wanted to see you. And then all of a sudden they started winning. And then it changed. Then Lorenzo Cain's now wanting to play patty cake at first base with the Tigers and said, no, I, I'm here to play ball. And that was kind of a, a significant moment with the Royals. Like, Lorenzo Cain's like, no, no, I'm here to win. And it's like, okay, this team's ready to go. Then they'd call people up from Omaha. And instead of coming in and just filling the role and then getting sent back to Omaha – you got called up and you expected to win in 14 and 15. Those guys in the locker room expected you to be good. Just like the Steelers, when you're drafted, you're supposed to play. I always look at the Steelers, Patriots. When they draft you, they expect you to perform. They expect you to start and perform. And I feel like the training wheels are back on to some extent, but this is a year to kind of get rid of them and start to win games, and they're not doing it, and that's the frustrating thing. They're definitely not doing it, and that's one of the big casualties this week was sitting at pretty much relieving Hunter Dudger of his duties and I was thinking to myself, all right, Salvi's next. Like I, I'm, I'm sorry to say it, but Salvi, in order to clean everything off the hands of the Dayton Moore era here in Kansas City, he cut bait with Hunter Dozier in that terrible contract that he signed after that 2019 juiced ball game season. You got to do something with Salvi. I, I want to see Salvi play on a contending World Series team. I, I want to see him win another ring. 
because he deserves it. He deserves so much. And it, when he does, or if he does, or if he just walks um, uh, off the team, like I, he, I think he deserves more. He's the leader. He's it's, it's tough because he's the leader. He's someone they all respect, mm-hmm. someone they can all look to. And it's something the crowd, which you never build your team around something the crowd wants to go see, but they, they kind of need it because they want to build a downtown ballpark. They need that, you know, that voice. But yeah, he, he can command the most stuff uh, via trade, and he probably deserves uh, what well, he does deserve to go win again. And that's a shame that he can't just, you know, finish his career in Kansas City. But the Dayton Moore thing's interesting. You know, you hear a lot of people talk about that Dayton Moore era and the draft picks is not working out and stuff. And I'll say this, man. Like you can criticize it all you want with Dayton Moore, but and people do. It's but the wild. bottom line is he won. Yeah, I mean he went to two straight World Series and he won one. He's the only small market guy to ever win one. He built this team like Bobby Cox that kind of built the the team to go around the ballpark. He put in his book and he, he did it with the Kansas City. It was the pieces that he put. And yeah, you look at some of the draft picks didn't materialize, but. Then there was the international free agent signings like Salvador Perez. That's a huge You one. know, guys like that. But the bottom line is he found a way to win. He pushes all in like Billy Bean has done. Then in 2014, he was the guy that pushed all in. Didn't win. Dayton did. Goes out and gets Cueto and Zobrist in 15, and it worked out for him. Heck, in 14, he, they beat him He, he turned game. five pitchers into Cueto and Zobrist. Ended up being a great move for the Kansas City Royals. Not everything you're going to do is perfect, and it starts to come down, but he had to play within the confines of the game. And cash wasn't always there for him. It wasn't like like when Omar Infante got DFA, they still had like twelve million dollars, and that crippled his team. It's not like the Red Sox that could you know get rid of a player, give him thirty million dollars, and cash is a band aid. Or with the Angels, gave what Josh Hamilton like fifty million dollars yeah, right, or something just right. to go away because they can afford to do it because the TV contract. This is back when Dayton Moore, most of the time he was GM, they had the worst television contract in Major League Baseball. Heck, the, their, their TV contract now stinks as well. I mean, well. there's not many GMs. I, I get it. Maybe, maybe it's time because people's time does does run out at some point. But to not appreciate, you know, kind of what he did because there's a whole bunch of, well, it's Dayton guy. Well, how many GMs actually would have won a World Series? And of, not many. It's one of the hardest things to do in professional sports is to win the World Series. You got to be hot at the right time. You can't have more than two months of being cold or being under 500 baseball. Because, like, granted, we've already we checked out. Most of Kansas City checked out right before the draft, and we were hoping. My mindset was hoping that everybody here in Kansas City can keep their, I guess, attention on the Kansas City Royals, and hopefully the Kansas City Royals were good before that time. But they only had what eight wins before the the draft, and they were only sitting at 15 right now. So you're telling me they've only won seven games? Since the um, NFL draft came through Kansas City, that's the sad part. In the worst division. Yeah, this is a terrible division. Because it's funny because the White Sox were as terrible as the Royals, and they're like, what, only five and a half games out of first place right now? Is it five? Yeah, let me put it this way, Kramer. Five now. Minnesota leads this division at 26 and 25. One game over 500. That leads the division. Think about this. Tampa Bay, 38 wins. Orioles 33, Yankees 30, Red Sox 27, Blue Jays 27. And the Blue Jays are struggling. They're having like closed-door meetings. Think about this for a second. Twins have 26 wins, leads the division. The last place in the AL East has 27 wins. One more win than the AL Central leader. So you're, you have that record in the worst division. I get it. You're not playing the 19 games against your division they, they, you know, they have in the past. But, you, I mean, you look at all around baseball. In 26 wins, that's... 
like third place, fourth place in divisions, last place in the AL East, playing in this division. So it's not like they're playing. Like, what would the Royals be in the AL East? Oh, they, oh gosh, you don't even want to. <laughs> if you if you slid, like, say if you take uh, say you take the the, the the worst team, which is the Toronto Blue Jays, at twenty seven and twenty five, put the Royals in there. The Royals probably only have like five wins. See, and that's the that's the that's the thing that hurts. I mean, what, what does it hurt having a team like um, the third highest payroll in baseball, the Padres, if the Royals beat two out of three? That's embarrassing. Uh, yeah. I mean, the Padres yeah. have are three games under five hundred, the third highest payroll in baseball. You saw it; they went out and bought anybody and everybody. You have to three games over five hundred. Would you rather be them or the Royals? Because they're third highest payroll in baseball, and they can't win. I mean, I would definitely want to be the Royals because if you're already paying, I mean, they they brought their big flashy signing of Xander Bogarts this offseason, they're extending a few guys, and it's just like, all right, this is the expectations of winning the now. Team is there. loaded, and I, we have no expectations with Kansas City right now. At least I don't. I just want them to go out there and win a game. Tonight and hopefully win the the, the <laughs> on. I mean, both of it's frustrating. But I can't imagine being a Padres fan and all the money you're spending and all the players you bring in and yet you still suck. Well, bringing players in and bringing players out. I the Royals I, at this point in time, like at the little over a quarter of the way, past the quarter of the way mark in MLB season, you got to you got to you got to start flipping guys. It's time to send Aroldis Chapman out. It's time to send Amir Garrett out. It's 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 time. And it's it's weird because I only mentioned two guys there. Because I feel like those are the only two guys that they can actually bring something in if they were to trade out. Because the starting pitching clearly is terrible here in Kansas City. We we know this. And Chapman's hitting hundred high hundred and three. And then yeah, Chapman's definitely a clear cut favorite to being a Tampa Bay Ray later on because you know the Royals have that that trade connection with the Tampa Bay Rays. It's weird because the Royals. But they have, actually going to get much for him. Uh, especially if it's the the Rays sending someone out. Uh, you know you're not getting anything in return when you send somebody out to Tampa Bay. Cause that's just what the Tampa Bay Rays do. They only bring things in to help them win. But you gotta you gotta start looking at this roster right now and just ex, like expect that was totally a Dayton Moore type move by the way bringing him in definitely which was honestly a good I think that would have been the best move that would the Royals have done bringing him in because of how the bullpen struggles is especially if you're trying to set up making sure that Scott Barlow is your closing pitcher which he's we really haven't seen him much this year I can't really I can't really like give my full analysis on Scott Barlow knowing that we've only seen him. Less than fifteen times. And what Chapman's on a one-year deal? I mean, it, like that's that's an easy flip. That's an easy. It flip. is, but it doesn't really bring a ton back because you guys on the last year. You might was, get a, you might He's get halfway a, through a one-year contract. You might get a top fifteen guy in somebody's organization if the bidding is up for him, which I think it might be. It, it should be, especially if he's if he's hitting hundred four on the gun. He's he threw the the, the hardest pitch to, uh, this entire season so far. But you know you got to. Was ex- that at one hundred three point eight? Yeah, one hundred three point eight, almost. I say one hundred four because it's basically one hundred four. Like that's that's a blur. Like I can only imagine. I see fastballs every Sunday, average from sixty five to maybe low eighties. I can only imagine trying to swing at a hundred and three mile an hour pitch. That's How can you even see over like ninety? Because you got to basically swing when that guess. ball leaves the hand. But then you got to figure out is this going to be a curveball? This could be a single. What's what's this ball going to do? I mean, you, you, you got to start swinging literally when he pitches it because one hundred three point eight is on you like that. Yeah, no, it is. And it's funny too. Because it's funny that you you mentioned that because I try to explain to people when they're like, "Oh yeah, they should never ban the shift. Keep the shift alive. Make sure the shift's there." It's like, no, it's kind of BS because you have literally less than a tenth of a second. I th- I think in my mind, less than a tenth of a second. To make sure you want to swing at that ball, making it a, either a strike or a ball, it's that, that judgment and assessment. You got to know the count, like oh my situation, and everything. So it's like, come on now, like 
How about you get in a batter's box and see a 103-mile-an-hour pitch come uh, at you? I recommend anybody, that's when you're looking at swing, I get, and I get it, swings these players, go sit in the cage. Yes. And just put the thing at like 70 or 75, and you're like, poof. Like, then imagine that being upped by over, by 27, 28 miles an hour. Yes. Uh, it's, it's not a, Hitting the baseball is the hardest thing to do. Oh, it's, it, yes. You have to have hand-eye coordination. Well, you know, because you never clearly. were able to hit it. Exactly. Because I struck out a lot. I struck out a lot. I haven't struck out a lot in my uh, my season that I'm playing over here in Independence, but that's good. It was tough, wasn't it? Oh, it's hard, man. It's hard. That's that's why uh, that's why I switched. To, that's why I switched roles of. That's why you're doing stop this. playing. Uh, stop playing baseball. Talk more on the radio because I, I mean I'm at least it's a trial by error here too as well. If you you're still playing uh, grown man yeah. baseball. Yep. Oh, Rocco and I uh, are. Uh, oh, yeah. By the way, Rocco's down the hall. We'll have to talk to him after this. Um. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, playing some grown man ball. We're doing. Uh, what's the, what's the age limit on this group? Oh, you can be as old as you want to play. If you if you wanted to play, you can definitely. Is play. it like thirty five and older deal though? Uh-uh. Nope. Uh, the youngest you st- youngest I think we have. I think there's like maybe a twenty year old, maybe a nineteen year old. Like once college seasons ends, then those guys will come in. So like our nineteen year olds gonna be coming in here relatively soon. That was like a thirty five to oh, sixty. No, age no, group. no, no. This thing is like nineteen plus. Nineteen plus. There's no age limit for this. What's the hardest someone throws in it? Like the fastest? Yeah. Um, he's on our team. He throws about low nineties. He's he, 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 it's still impressive, man. His first uh, his first uh, game was last week. It was a Greek he does. His first game was last week with us, and the first pitch he threw, he spiked like ten feet in front of the the catcher, and the, um, the, of course the batter umpire and our catcher was like, oh bleep, because <laughs> because of how ninety to the dirt, and then his next pitch was up, up, and it's like okay, he gotta find his control. Any fights? Does he no no? Ooh, I I can all. I, no fights? Could have been. I almost. I. I shouldn't probably talk about it on air. But yeah, I almost. You can talk about it. Well, no. Okay, so I'm playing. I'm a first baseman. The guy behind me, like a guy leading off, is just annoying. Yeah. Uh-huh. Insanely annoying. And he grabs my butt, but he doesn't just grab it. He finger. <laughs> and then I, I. I looked back to him and said, "You do that again." I'm I'm kicking you from like where I'm at, so I'm gonna I cleat him pretty much because of how I'm standing there. And I said, and after that, didn't say a word to me since after that. Didn't mess with me or anything. So I'd be trying to do is get underneath my skin, but dude, don't don't poke me. No, like don't don't poke me. And I even told the umpire like, if he does this again, let you know I'm swinging on him. Which should have told the umpire the pitcher throw the ball over and just miss it. <laughs> that would been good. That would been good. No, I yeah no I was. That, this, take second. This, big was, deal. this was last Sunday too, so my blood was yeah, boiling. You should have him throw over oh. the first base and just kind of miss it. I said I said some things to him that you know what I don't care that I said because of how he uh, assaulted me is how I'm, I'm clearing that up uh, with that. But back to baseball talk and not my baseball talk. Downtown ballpark, Kansas City. I I, I have I want to talk to you about this a, a handful of times. And I know we're I think we're on the same like yes move move the stadium downtown. If baseball is milt meant to be downtown but clay it, county's coming strong man that's true i mean that, that's my county by the way um and uh yeah no i i'm hoping it goes downtown i'm hoping it's as close as possible it is to where the t-mobile center is because i think it's going to help out downtown itself but that's also drawing the interest of others other organizations do you think the coyotes are going to come here or no i hope we need to i think we need an nhl team or an nba team here and if i think What's going to help that in the next, say if it doesn't happen within this year or next year or the year after that? But at least before 2030, we're going to see another professional organization here. I'll put it this way. It's closer than it ever has been. Because I remember when the Penguins were looking at Kansas City, and they were, obviously people look at it and just say, oh, he's used this for a stadium, which, which in all likelihood, maybe that was the case. 
But I don't think people realize how close that came. Because Ron Burkle and Mario Lemieux owned the team. And they came and visited the Sprint Center. Loved it. Because keep in mind, that thing opened in 07. I mean, that arena is getting old. I mean, think about it. Be twenty years here in Emma. It was eight. It was it was opened eight years before the Royals won a World Series. Think about that. But it's still in immaculate shape. Paul oh, McGannon so does beautiful. NHL twenty one had tweeted. They like twenty five million in reserve, like to to build up the arena if they need things with it. But he loved the arena, and they were going to give him all the suites. And then if it, at that point of Sprint Center, where if we had an anchor tenant, they'd get more money because of the sprint on top of the building. Like, you know, you get the drone shot or oh, whatever. Yeah, yeah. You get their logo out there. But it came down to a letter of impasse with the city of Pittsburgh. It was a nasty deal. And at the point, uh, Ed Rendell was governor of Pennsylvania. And Pencil, or Phil, he was a Philadelphia guy. Philadelphia and Pittsburgh politics don't really blend no, very well. Not, they don't not, like not each well. other. And they ended up getting an arena built by, I think, Kansas City architectural firms. But they did get it, but it came down to a letter of impasse. I mean, it was that bad, that situation, which would have been perfect because they won. Right after any of you know, a Sidney Crosby, you have a star on it. Like, that's the, that's the mixture that wins. The Coyotes, what, last 11 years, they made the playoffs because that pandemic year when everybody basically made the playoffs. I think it was, yeah. The reason yeah. this is closer than it ever has been. For one, and the owner they have now doesn't want to move the team. This team has been owned by the NHL before, too. It's gone bankrupt before. But they don't win. They play at Arizona State right now. Yeah, they got kicked out of their old stadium. They can't even use it's, it. It holds 5,000 people, but with the NHL fixtures in it, it's 4,600. 4,600 is all they can have. It's, it's like playing hockey over here did, at Target. Did you <laughs> did you watch any of their games this year? I know uh, I didn't. Yeah, but, the, but there's, there's just, well, no. I mean, people there are raucous and stuff like this. No, I didn't watch much Coyotes. But the bottom line is, it's closer now than it ever has been. And I'll say this because when when, when there's Penguins and stuff, we're thinking about moving to Kansas City or talking, you know, in the Islanders and teams like that. Okay, there was no track record of winning in this town, but since That's then fair. you've seen Sporting win. You've seen the Kansas City Royals have a parade and go to two World Series. You've seen the Chiefs win two uh, Super Bowls. You've seen the NFL Draft, the highest profile basic event in the best sport in America right now, football, be in Kansas City. And not only that, you're getting the world stage and the World Cup coming to Kansas City. Oh, and by the way, they have a new airport. Not the dilapidated airport they had to use. Gosh, so, that was just so, so things sad. are so much different than they used to be. When you think, okay, well, the Royals have won, Chiefs won twice. New airport, uh, NFL draft was in Kansas City. They hosted it. Uh, the World Cup's coming to Kansas City. Oh man, Kansas City is in a much different spot nationally, globally. When people think about Kansas City as a sports city, so it's different. Like it's different. Like moving to Kansas City, it's like okay, they have a superstar in Patrick Mahomes that might be the biggest superstar in sports. It's lobbying to get your team. They have no anchor tenant. The at Arizona State, they can't even have signage just theirs during a game or whatever because of Arizona State rules. So right. they've got and none of that. They're second fiddle. So any any scheduling conflict, Arizona State gets first right of refusal. That's so, that's so I mean, sad. They're basically that's renting so the sad. apartment above their mom's garage. I mean, really, seriously, they have no home, and it's a great market. Phoenix is a great town. It's just they're not supporting. And you know what? Hockey works in places like that. It really does. But in Ottawa. They vetted four different groups to buy the Ottawa Senators, and none of them are local. They're like L.A. businessmen, Toronto businessmen. They vetted four. I think they settled basically on one. But there's three other groups that were vetted that they could buy a team. Well, 
what other team is available? Well, maybe the Coyotes moving to Kansas City. I'm just saying it's out there with one of these other ownership groups because they could look at it and say, all right, we have the arena. Like, that's the number one thing it's, you look it's at. It's chilling here. And like in Houston, Houston's a great market, what, fourth biggest market in the country. But the Toyota Center, Houston Rockets, kind of it's kind of their place. Right. This would be their place, their spot. You have the power and light right there in a championship city that's used to championship parades, NFL draft, the World Cup, new airport, so many reasons. And hockey works in markets like Nashville, which means it probably works in places like Kansas City. I remember when the Dallas Stars are moved from from Minnesota. To Dallas, Jim Lines was part of that group. They had like one sheet of ice in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. They have 27 now. Or did it? Probably more than that now, but it was like 27 a few years ago when I went down there and talked to them. And so, yeah, I'd like to see it. Should the Royals be down there? I mean, the other thing, too, is like Clay County, I think it'd be an awesome ball. It'd be Selfishly, it'd be perfect for me. But same, same, likewise. But, but can you get the rest of the fan base there? That's what you have to worry about, like Overland Park, I mean, for the bridges and stuff, because – it's not the easiest place to get to sometimes from Overland Park. Is a, it's like the Atlanta Braves, where they moved their stadium. Yeah, they moved it to summer, where the yeah. season ticket base was. Even though Turner Field was open in, what, 96? Yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a quick turnaround between Turner Field and the new Turner. Or Truce. Globe Life was right in the same time, 96, 97, something like that. And they already yep. have a new stadium. But they moved their stadium to their population base. Because you need people. Yeah. You need people to go. So, although I think the Clay County site would be absolutely perfect but they need to be maybe downtown, stir some business down there. But bottom line is, I listen to Vern's post game. You know, and, you, and what do people say? What, what, what are, and this is a couple weeks ago and stuff, for, four weeks ago, something like that. People would call in, and it's, the Royals would lose, and they'd call and say, oh, they want <laughs> a downtown stadium. They're going to put a product out there like that. And those were the calls he was dealing with. I remember Vern, oh, here we go again. There's but another one. You win, and people don't care where the team is. They could play in Mars. They could play wherever. If you're winning, people don't care. When you're losing, it's a tough sell to go move your team unless you're winning. That's the problem they have. And it's it's sad. And uh, bringing either bringing it downtown, like I still think that would draw more interest in other sports teams. But you also got to think other sports teams coming here. We watch sports. Kansas City watches sports. If you go take out look at all the Nielsen ratings for anything, you'll see the Kansas City in the top five, top three, top one, and almost any type of major sporting event that's shown to us around the world. That's why sports so, radio is so fun in this town. Exactly. The Olympics are top five in the Olympics. I love I, – I, I still, when the Winter Olympics or Summer Olympics, Summer Olympics will be coming up here, what, next next summer. I'm always – if Cyrus or Kramer still here on the on 1660 The Bet – by the way, we need to take a break. Um, uh, we, uh, I'm, uh, I'm covering it. I, I love sports. Think about it, though, dog. I mean, the Super Bowl is always top three market in Kansas City. This is when oh, we weren't easily. even sniffing it. No. And he put the, the Chiefs in it. it was, the Chiefs and Eagles is the number one watched sporting event ever in the history of television. Once they redid the money, it was like, whoa, whoa, this, this game was number one all time. People in this town love sports. And you know what I love? I love baseball, and you know that. Um, uh, I got Jay Binkley in the studio with me. It's the Sarah's Kramer on the Best 1660. I'm going to let Bink talk about some football. Five minutes with Binkley football, then fair or foul. We're going to do that next. You're listening to Saturdays with Kramer on the Bet 1660. Back at it on a Saturday. It's the Saturday camera here on the Bet 1660. Hope you're all enjoying your lovely 
three-day weekend. Memorial Day's on Monday. Shout out to all the veterans who have served. Keep doing what we do today to make sure we feel safe and sound at our homes. But no, Bink, uh, the, my pool opened up yesterday. Has, uh, is your, uh, wait, my bad. You peed in it yet? Haven't peed in it yet. I got in. It was really cold. But uh, there was, uh, yeah, the pool's out. It's, it's weird because I, I was listening to people. I like, I like people listening while I'm out there. And they're talking about, like, oh, yeah, we need to do more, like, stuff around the facility. Like, to have meet our neighbors, do more neighbor stuff. I'm listening. Do I mind you? I am not talking to these people whatsoever. But it's like, do I really care to want to hang out and get to know my neighbors across the, the, the block from me? Because I, don't, I, really don't, I really don't like the people that live below me. They're kind of annoying. They're loud at night. And uh, it's like there's a, it sounds like there's stuff going on downstairs that I should probably let people know. But you know what? There's yeah no I just don't want to I don't want to I don't want to meet my neighbors I'm not like that no it's tough it's tough I remember uh, '96 or something when I first came back up here it's a good year and uh, I was at the pool at the apartment pool and uh, I would drink beers with this guy you know he was there and you know hey you know, want a beer Jay yeah, whatever and then I don't think we knew each other's names but we started talking about football one day. Like, I went to Oak Park. That's your new best friend right there. And he went to Park Hill, and we were rivals at that point. It was, like, Ooh. kind of before Park Hill South and all that. Oak Park and Park Hill were rivals. So we started talking. He's like, And I was like, what's your name? And I, then I gave him my name. He and I had fought. Oh, my. We had two bench clearing in this, in this, in this game to where it went all the way over to the fences. The only game in the history of me watching Oak Park football or playing Oak Park football that we weren't allowed to shake their hand after the game. And you were the we had to, you we were... had to sit there and not <laughs> shake their hands because they were so worried about a fight happening again. And he and I, I remember, it was like a fake punch. I said, "Watch him, watch him. He's going to do it." And he looked at me with this this look as like, "Watch him, watch him right here, CJ. Watch this guy right here." And then all of a sudden, we just started just throwing. All down. right, okay. I'm curious. How did the conversation end after that? After after you'd be like, "Oh yeah, I'm so and so, and you're so and so." We yeah. had fun and laughed. Oh, that's funny. We just enjoyed it, you know. Oh, yeah. Talked about old memories, and we, you know, I, became friends. I mean, a couple of meatheads playing football. Well, yeah, of, but they they beat us that year. We were we were doing so well. I mean, we were we were rolling through the season. Yeah, it was back when one team went from districts and they beat us. I'll never forget. And this is kind of gross, but we had those uh, camp shorts, the, the football camp shorts. Oh gosh, a I bunch of seniors. We agreed on it to never wash them. Oh gosh, wear them every day. Never washed them until we beat that Park Hill again. Did you beat that Park Hill again? We did. Okay, good. Our senior year, they got, we, they got we, washed. Thank, thankfully, because they didn't have to keep wearing them. Can you imagine? Like, how bad that's These bad boys could walk, man, because two through two a days and everything else, same shorts without washing for a whole year. Bink, that's gross. That's super, that's, you talk about baseball superstitions, that's uh, football superstition. Right. That's that's gross, Bink. That's gross. But it reminds me of the, uh, the apartment pool. The apartment pool? You, you, you peed in the pool, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, of course. That's gross. Who doesn't? That's gross. Is yours a saltwater pool? Um, no, it was chlorine. Uh, it got in my eyes. Thank God I took my contacts out. What is better out. for peeing in a pool, chlorine or salt water? I don't think either is good for peeing in the pool. But it's sometimes tough to get out, you know? I mean, have you gone to the pools that, uh, that when you do pee in it, does like the water turns colors around you? Yeah, I've never been in one of those, but I've seen them. I've, heard about I, them. I've, only, I've only seen them in the movie Grown Ups. I haven't seen them anywhere else. It's mean else. if you do it. What, to pee in the pool or if you put the blue coloring in the pool? The coloring. Now, okay, now here, I wouldn't care actually. I'd be like, "Hey, oh, cool, yeah, color like, it. Look, it's the, it's like the pencil, yeah, like, you know, you, know, like, you know, like those pencils when the that with touch, like yeah. it changes colors. That's exactly what that. Who would wants be. to get out of the pool? Though? Seriously, like you're there, it's hot. You're getting some beers. 
everything's going. Because you don't want to urinate around the people around you, Bake. You're just making the pool more salty, I guess. They don't care. Okay, all right, let's get back to sports. They're drunk. So, Bink, I'm giving you your your maybe five, maybe less than five. So, D-Hop. DeAndre Hopkins in the National Football League has listened to the mans. He just got released. We're going to talk football for a few. Uh, He's... D-Hop About damn has time. lists and demands of what he's looking for for a new team. Listen to this. He wants a QB that loves the game and brings him, brings everyone on board with him. Who doesn't want that? A great defense because defense wins championships. Got to have a great D-line. And lastly, a stable management because he says he's been through four GMs in his career. That is what D-Hop wants. And I was thinking to myself... He came from the Cardinals. It didn't take much to be better than that. I mean, it went from the, he went from the Texans to the Cardinals and now he's free agent. And what I was thinking to myself was, D-Hop reminds me of somebody in Major League Baseball. At this point in time, with his list and demands of what he wants, he reminds me of Carlos Correa a little bit. And the only reason why is because Carlos wanted so much money with what the San Francisco Giants in the years. He took a little bit less years and a little bit less money with the Mets. Both of those, I might add you, did not pan out because of his foot lingering foot injury that weird deal too finally kind of like he had got, two deals man two deals done basically they and then he just comes physical. crying home Cam's cr- comes crying home to the twins from the twins I'm like thanks but no thanks I think he gave him he gave him six years I believe it was six years like a like 200 some million dollars scorned lover gonna go off with some new dude that makes a ton of cash and all of a sudden he didn't want her. So then he goes. She goes to another guy that looks like that's promising. Then that didn't work out. Then she comes and wants you. Does she really want you? I don't think he. Uh, yeah, no. And it's funny because now Carlos is hurt. But I think D Hop is going to go back with his former GM head coach. I wonder whatever he was when he was a Houston Texan. I think he, I think D Hop's going to New England. Man, B.O.B. B.O.B. It's there. kind of an underdog. I'm with you. It just seems like totally a Patriots move. They do bring in Juju. Don't have the quarterback, but I don't know if he cares about that right now. Like, I don't I, I don't know if D-Hop, he's saying the right things, like he wants to be on a championship team, but we hear that from a lot of guys. Yeah. But what often wins out? Money. Money. Always. Look How much Tyree you Kill. me to go? Look at Tyree Kill. Money. Money. Odell Beckham. It came down to money. He's already got the ring. Listen, the Ravens, it's probably going to be a good football team. They're going to they gonna win again? Who knows? Not, not with Kansas City and Cincinnati and Buffalo and these teams in the AFC. It comes down to money. Too many people are like, I want, I want, I want. It's, it seems like even, I mean, bringing in a different sport to this. It seems like ever since the NBA started the big three with LeBron and Chris Bosh and D. Wade, it seems like all the good, talented athletes are just trying to clump up with each other just to win that one prize. And which I get it. I mean, it's smart. We've it's a smart seen it not work out either. Remember no. Philadelphia built the, the dream time. team, the Eagles once, and it didn't work out all the time. And it's it, I mean, look at look at the NBA Finals this year. The Nuggets are in it. They're not a dream team whatsoever. There's a guy. Those are guys that are your those are your nine to five, your blue collar guys in that. Like I prefer that more than anything else. 100%. It's just interesting. When you get to that age, over 30, it's kind of like, okay, maybe we started looking for money now instead of legacy. The Chiefs are interested in like, him. He's 31, 32? 31. But Chiefs are interested in him. They talked to him right around the draft time. That's insanely crowded. I, I knew the Cardinals receiver. weren't going to get anything for him. People were calling their bluff. Like, the NFL, pro teams know. Baseball, they know if you're going to be cut or not. Exactly. And it was going to be too big of a salary cap hit. For Arizona, and people are like, why didn't they designate him June 1st cut? Because you can cut somebody and still designate them June 1st. But you have two years where you have to pay everything back. 
they can just take the hit. Now, everybody knows the Cardinals will be bad this year, so they take the big $26 million hit this year. Which is smart. And don't have to worry about the next year because they, they save $8 million on the cap, yep. but then they get $24 million back the next year, but they don't have to pay it back in two years. That's what happens to people. Are like, well, why don't you designate him June 1st? It would be cheaper, but it's spread out over two years, and you have to pay it. That he doesn't have to get his guaranteed money that he was also owed past that June 1st deadline. But, uh, yeah, I... It's fun, fun time, fun time. Oh, it's it's funny too because it seems like no matter what it is, the NFL always captivates the weekend on a Friday, especially now on a three day weekend on a Friday, and it is just insanely wild. And I think the I think the Chiefs would be interested in that. I, I I think that's something they kind of always wanted was that veteran receiver presence. I mean, they got the young guys, they the up and coming guys. Overcrowded room though, Bink, an overcrowded room. No, they do, but I mean, you make room for guys like that. That's, I mean, that's fair. He's 30 years old right now. I mean, he's, he's probably about 31 when the game season starts. But His, his birthday's June 6th. So <laughs> he's here, about to turn 31. <laughs> 31 here in another week. When he plays football, it'll be 31. Happy birthday, D-Hop. You got released from... Uh, Nuke! Yeah, you got released from there. Um, uh, all right, Bink. One of my favorite topics every single, sh- every single week, fair or foul. And we're going to start things off firstly. But by the way, the rules of fair or foul, I'll, I'll give them to you right now. We'll have a uh, we'll have a topic, and you either suggest whether it is a fair topic or a foul topic on the situation. So first, I'm going to say first, foul right now. It could be both. This is coming from you. Could be both. Pete Alonso experienced a fear of mine when I played baseball, and that's having to go number two. This is what he had to say on the the foul territory podcast <clears throat> of him uh, needing to go number two. I mistimed my pregame coffee. Mistimed it. Mm-hmm. I had it. I had it too close to game time, and then I'm. Running, running, doing my sprints, and then I throw. In the middle of the first inning, I'm like, goodness gracious, I this is not good. So, um, so I was hit the top of the second. I was leading off the inning, and I said, I don't care where this pitch is. This at bat is ending first pitch. It, it like because I need to go. And then first pitch, I get a hanging slider, and then I deposit it in the seats. And then oh. as soon as as soon as I as soon as I touch home plate, it was like it's straight to the bathroom. No high fives, straight to the bathroom. You're telling me he hit a home run while being full of the number two in your system. Now, that's impressive. That's it, fair, it, but it's foul having to take a crap while you need well, to play. It is, and it's a terrible predicament to be in because I'm sure the thoughts in his head when he was running those bases. What if you swing like even harder? Like, just let me make it. Just let me make it. That type of like duck walk, where you're like, just let me <laughs> let me make it. And it, it, it's scary. And, and the thing is, I'm impressed by it because usually when you watch horses, like you're out, like I used to bet dogs and horses, like at the woodlands, we had those. Yeah. And you know, horses, I like dogs. It was dog racing at that point. I would always bet on the dog that just relieved himself because that was always the fastest dog because they were free and clear. That's true. And that was the dog you wouldn't bet on, because in horses, same way. Like if if, if if horse goes to the bathroom, you bet on that horse because there's nothing there's, there's nothing, nothing laying there. back. So Pete, it's impressive. He's glad he didn't have a. Can you imagine him on the swing and then just a diarrhea just happens? Well, you can imagine what these guys are stuck out in the field for. You never know how. Who knows? That, I mean, and they have to go. You can't just like leave and go to the bathroom. I mean, thankfully with this pitch clock rule, you know it's sped up a little bit, knowing that there's Framber Valdez isn't walking around the the mound three different times. That's scary. If you have to go, you have to go, man. Especially, yeah, because I mean, what Manny Ramirez did, it, um, he just like 
just left left field, went to the Green Monster to, to um, go number one, and he came back out. Yeah. And they're like, hey, sorry about that. Just had to go real quick. But that's uh, – man, that, I think it's fair and foul because, I mean, that I that is a fear of mine, being on the field, like having to use the restroom. And it's like I can't get off the field without saying, hey, I need I, I need someone to come take me off. Like I need to come with someone to come get me. But yeah, you should try that more often. I don't. I don't want to. That's that's just a fear bank. The A's new stadium. They sent off renderings the other day. It was yesterday. Yeah, they did renderings. Love and them. they, I love renderings because you know for a fact it's going to look beautiful right there, and it's never going to look like how it usually is. Wait, wait, there's this, why is this giant arch around it? Was is it, it was that, is so, that a light arch? Or I, think it? a, I think it's a light arch. Okay. I think it's a light arch. And it's if you haven't looked at it, look it up right now. And I think it, it looks spectacular. It looks beautiful. I think it's. I think. Baseball, it's about time that it's there in Las Vegas. It's about time that more things go there as well. Because I'm actually shocked the NBA hasn't been there yet. Yeah, poor Vegas doesn't have anything, you know. It's, they don't have nothing. They don't get. They just got. They just got a football. All these team. states, 33 states have legalized gambling now. It's like why go to Vegas? Just kidding. It's doing like, fine. The Aviators are there. The Las Vegas Aviators, who are the AAA system to the um, uh, to the Oakland Athletics. So I'm curious, are, are the Aviators going to get moved to Oakland now? Is that what the trade-off is? They're going to play at O.co oh, and I doubt like it. vice versa. But you can my, stay there. You can stay there. I mean, these renderings look so fair. I, I love the way they look at it. It's, it's on the strip, the, man. The first 30,000 30, uh, seat stadium, which I think the, the Royals, when they move downtown, they should adopt that 30,000 seat stadium mantra as well. Just as a man. Exactly. And, but, you know, I love the way this looked. No, the renderings are cool. The cool thing is it's on the strip. Yeah, that's that's pretty sweet. I mean, instead of getting the buffet tickets, they can get A's tickets now because they don't want Raiders tickets. You know what I'm saying? Like, what think about they'll probably just give you two choice. You're a big time gambler. You want Raiders tickets? Nah, nah. Give a buffet. You know, and that's what you go and do. But the, being on the strip is cool because. But here's the problem you're going to run into, and I don't know if the A's care. The Raiders ran into this problem. Golden Knights didn't. The hockey team. Yeah, because well, they, 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 they won Stanley quickly Cup right away. They won quickly. And the people there cultivated. I mean, you think, okay, well, there's so many transplants in Vegas. Like, Vegas, like Nashville. Like, I don't know if you've ever been to Vegas or Nashville, nope. but you walk around Nashville and nobody's from there. They're all from different places that came there to chase a honky tonk dream, right? I mean, like, look at the, the Tennessee Titans, uh, their, their schedule release thing. We and all know. Just like Phoenix. I mean, that, that is a bunch of West Coast people. They go there to retire. The East Coast people go to retire in Tampa or in the state of Florida. That's, That's what they do. But, but the Raiders have been crying because. They can't build this home fan base because it's a lot of out-of-towners. Because when that game comes on the schedule, you're like, oh, I want to go to Vegas. Like Chiefs fans, oh, let's go to Vegas. Arrowhead West. And so it's cool it's going to be on the Strip, and I don't know if they care about that, but can they build a fan base in Vegas? I'm shocked that the NBA wasn't the first pro sports franchise in Las Vegas because they always had the summer leagues mm-hmm. and everything else well, in the Vegas. all-star game, too. And they embraced gambling. Like, it was the first major sport to really embrace game. I remember Adam Silver talking about it. He liked it because if you're going to sit there and watch two bad teams play, you're not going to get the ratings, but guess who watches it? Gamblers watch it. You know why? Over and unders are met. The money line. Gamblers watch till the end. They don't just turn the TV off and flip it like fans do. They watch till the end. That's good for ratings. It's true. If gamblers are watching the games. So, hockey obviously worked. NFL, I think, can work. It's a shock it's not at this point because the Raiders need to win. and They're about to. This is the year. But they, for the A's, it's a perfect play because they're on the strip. I mean, you're going to get so many residual people just there from you know, Cleveland, Ohio, or anywhere. You know, People are going to go to a Chris Angel Pittsburgh, special. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, yet they're gambling. Hey, let's go see some A's. People are going to go to a Chris Angel special on the on the strip at the go watch Luxor. Him. No, listen, and he's going to like somehow just like everybody's standing there, and he's like, everybody get 
look, close your eyes, and when you open them, you're going to have ace tickets in your hands, and people are going to look at it and just throw it on the ground because they don't want that. Or Nick will end the tightrope walking across it. <laughs> have him walk across during the game. Yeah, they, <laughs> no. after home runs. Ooh. But that would take forever for him because, you know, they, they they wouldn't be able to play. They, they they would have to have him go from point A to point B because, you know, you can't be playing during <laughs> during baseball because we saw two birds get hit within two weeks. And that's, gotta, the bird thing, we've got Vegas to sing up. you got to juggle fire. Oh, you need to do yeah. a bunch of stuff like no. that. So, all right, Bink, I don't know if you saw this, but Will Brennan, he's a uh, he plays for the Cleveland Guardians. This was earlier this week. This is the second time that in many weeks that a bird has been struck on the field. As, Any critical mistakes? As he told the guys, throw to right bases. Base hit left field. Nice piece of hitting by Will Brennan. Didn't try to do too much. He took oh, what the was there and slapped it the other way. Get a, get a shot right at shortstop, guys. We got a bird that may have been hit by that possibly. Yeah, zoom on into the dead bird on the infield. But this is Will Brennan the next night, and he paid homage to this bird that he accidentally struck on the field and he you know what instead of angels in the outfield there are birds on the infield and are dealing and it's swung on hit pretty well deep right center Frazier on the run track wall gone Will Brennan with a line drive home run to right center that's his second yeah Will Brennan rounding the bases does his little the dove look with his hands to pay homage perfect beautiful and I mean, he, you 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 gotta admit, like you 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 feel terrible when they're like I feel terrible if I accidentally like I always I don't do this, but if I would ever to run over anything on the road, last thing I ran, ran over was a, a bird that was just chilling there. Like for some reason the bird didn't move, little tiny little little tiny bird ran him over. I felt so terrible about it, and I don't know. This is uh, he I guess paid his respects rightfully. Well, the best I mean when Randy Johnson hit the bird, that was. Now that's that was more impressive because you saw the Zach Gallon one uh, last week, right? Or two weeks ago? It was two Diamondbacks. Yeah, yeah, two di- with Randy Johnson and yeah, then I mean, Zach Gallon. People realize it was two Diamondbacks that did that. The Diamondbacks thing, hate birds. Yeah, they do. I and it's weird too because both were the aces. Randy Johnson, ace, clearly the big unit, and Zach Gallon, who should probably be the Cy Young Award winner by the end of the season. Birds. Birds. Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks and birds. I what don't uh, do do uh what are those called? The diamondback rattlesnakes. Do they eat birds? Because that could be also snakes eat a lot of things. That could be also I don't uh, know if uh, I, I know some snakes eat birds, but I don't know if rattlesnakes do. All right, Binkley. Lastly, you and I are both are foodies. Julio Rodriguez, new cereal. Julio's like Julio Sanchez, okay. Yeah, I know, but uh yeah, Julio's. The new cereal for Julio Rodriguez. I, it's I, not Mahomes' Banja Crunch, man. It's true. Here's the thing. With what I get it, he was the rookie of the year last year. Probably should have been Bobby Witt Jr. But I mean, it's I think it was it was a close one. Close one last year for the rookie of the year between Bobby and Julio. Julio and Bobby's stat lines this year relatively similar. So why haven't we seen a Bobby Witt Jr. Uh, cereal yet? That's what I'm curious. Some Bobbios. Some Bobbios. Bobby W's. Some. Uh, uh, some I'm waiting for a Vinny Pasquatch cereal. Pasquatch. What would that taste like? I don't know, it'd be good. That would be gamey. You think it'd be a little gamey? I, I'd eat it. Is it time for the Royals to bring in Patrick Mahomes, kind of like how we did for the virtual Royals in 2020? Well, he already owns a piece of it, you know? Like, Is that, well, throw, the, throw on the uniform. Get him out there. Because th- listen to this, Bink. This was around that time of the of the season when we were doing the virtual Royals, when we were like, you know what? We have to get a hold of Pat. Like We, we have to have him go from across the street. 
get him in the juiced up into the game and just mash. And people were mad about it. I know it was weird. Like not people, locally, they weren't. It was Minnesota people, of course. Kansas no, of course City, it's, it's all the Minnesotans. It's always them. It was something during a pandemic to, for people to do, and I still hear from people. It was so much fun. Oh, same. The virtual Royals became as just a dream. Everybody was doing these virtual games during the pandemic. Kramer and I wanted to do something fun uh, to get people's minds off of being stuck in their house. So created the virtual Royals. So we played the exact same Royal schedule because they didn't, they moved baseball to what, July 24th. So we had May, April, May, June, and July to do the virtual Royals. If they're playing Detroit, we'd be playing in Detroit. We'd have the same weather we'd have and we'd get people to watch and became a community. Oh, yeah. People had met at a bar. People watched these games and they enjoyed it. And they told us it gave them something to do. And then all of a sudden, Miller Lite comes aboard with us and Casey Wine Company Which and things like that. So awesome. Oh, that, Honestly, that, that's probably my favorite thing to do since being in radio is you and I would sit there and broadcast there because we'd broadcast it. It was kind of a broadcast. It was, it was it loosely was, a broadcast. It was, it was, yeah, very loosely. A lot of us talking food every single night. It was great. I, I, was so honestly, fun. I feel like from what that happened over there, like literally, like it's only the next room next to us, is why I'm in That's this. Where magic it, happened, it, buddy. It's why I'm in this room today. I think the reason why I got this show because uh, talking baseball then, talking baseball now. But no, this has been Cyrus of Craver on the Bet sixteen sixty Binkley. I appreciate you, man. I thank you for coming in and wanting to talk some ball with me. I appreciate you, Kramer. You know what? Thanks any, for making a little football. Any, yeah, no. Hey, any time for you, especially a big time guest like yourself. I had to talk a little bit of football with uh, with my guy Jay Binkley. Yeah, I, I enjoy it, Kramer. But, Anytime I have a chance to hang out with Kramer, dog, we're good to go, brother. Oh hell yeah, man! Now go out there, enjoy your weekend safely. Remember, a lot of people out there in this world sacrifice themselves, put them bodies on the line just to make sure that we feel safe at home at night and being able to do what we do daily so remember monday memorial day you know what kansas city also today put a smile on that face you don't know who's that needs to see it have a good one you're listening to saturdays with kramer on the bet 1660